What's good, everybody? Welcome to Stats and Mags. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and she is Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. How are you doing on this Friday morning? About to be the weekend. I was doing great. I was in a good mood. It's the end of the week. It's supposed to be a nice weekend. Things are looking up. And then I happened to see yesterday that you got verified on Twitter. You're a blue check mark now. I am. I think it's changed you. I had, I think the success <laughs> has gone to your head. We started the, the session today to record the show, and you decided to put as your name, and I see you have just changed it again. doesn't say Michelle or Mags or anything like that. It says Fields is greater than Lance. Like, that's how we're starting the show. You're big time in me already. Listen, they can both be great, but you're going to have to live with that Kyle Shanahan passed on the best quarterback in the class yet again. I mean, I, I don't, I, you're just not the same person to me. Like, I don't think I even know you anymore. I'm so sorry. I mean, I feel like you know me very well, right? Like, you know my Justin Fields love. What if I just like all of a sudden got on the Trey Lance is better than Justin Fields bandwagon? I would be a traitor, would I not? I guess so, but I don't know how you can say Fields is better when he's not going to play because the Bears have Andy Dalton. (laughs) The fact that Matt Nagy is being so stubborn, it just shows you that NFL coaches, they don't care. Like, they want it their way. No way. They don't care if they get fired because it's going to happen for Matt Nagy if he sticks with Andy Dalton. Like, good luck. Yeah, I've said many times. In fact, I said yesterday – Uh, Or I said on the uh, NFL show that's coming out later today with your wife, actually, that the only reason Matt Nagy is hanging on to his job is because they drafted Justin Fields. And the fact that he could bury him on the bench is just laughable. But, hey, as as a Niner fan, let's just scratch off one more team in the NFC. And the Bears made the playoffs last year. They're not a bad team. Hey, you're talking all about bad decisions. And your coach right now is saying Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter. Yeah, but Kyle said... That Jimmy's the starter, but if Lance comes into camp and crushes it, he has no problem starting Lance. So that's how you're supposed to handle that, right? That's the correct response, not be like, there's no chance. It's like you should be saying the best player will win. It's that simple. And saying that no matter how Andy Dalton plays, he's the starter is so silly. Yeah, that's just the difference to me. Like, I, I everybody is not pulling in the same direction in Chicago. Remember that QB1 tweet they put out with Andy Dalton? Oh I feel God. like that's all part of it. Whereas, obviously, in San Francisco, I mean, Kyle Shanahan has no loyalty to Jimmy Garoppolo whatsoever. And I, it was nice to see that he handled it uh, the right way. We're going to get to some of the other things that Kyle Shanahan said in that interview with Tim Kawakami that came out in The Athletic. We're going to get to... Jimmy Garoppolo apparently being 12th in these crazy PFF quarterback rankings, which are just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Mike McGlinchey said a lot of interesting things today. Uh, So there's a lot to get to. Um, Let's start with the quarterback since we kind of landed there. Did you see the workout, the one of 10,000 workout videos that Trey Lance seems to be posting on Instagram and Twitter? You know what? I haven't actually seen them. I'm surprised they're not being shared by everybody on Twitter like that's normally the thing you know those workout videos I take workout videos very lightly because everyone I mean 99% of these athletes are working out on a daily basis it is their job so the ones who want to make it they're doing that there's some that tape them and there's some aren't but um Trey Lance is a beast of a human being we already know that yeah I mean he looks obviously physically fantastic the workout videos kind of annoy me because I agree like everybody's working out 
Uh, I, I, it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo is sitting at home doing nothing. Although I did see that Mohamed Sanu was giving Trey Lance the business because apparently he rolled up to the workout in a Chevy Malibu. <laughs> I just want to point out, Michelle, you, you keep trying to talk me off the ledge. Trey Lance still hasn't signed his contract yet, so technically he doesn't have any of that money yet, and so he's rolling up in the Malibu. I mean, you're still seeing that a lot of these rookies are just finally being signed this over the last week or so. It will happen. Like, is there any news coming out why he hasn't signed it yet? Like, what's going on? Is it team cap issues or? No, they have got plenty of cap room to fit him into the deal. I'm not really sure what it is because with these first round contracts, there's not much in there to negotiate. The only thing is like offset language where if you were to get cut and then sign with another team, basically like do you get double dipped on the contract? You get paid by both teams or do you only get paid by one? But like there's no chance the 49ers are going to cut Trey Lance anyway. So that just seems crazy to me. Uh, What if I may diverge from a little bit? What was your first car? Did you happen to have a Chevy Malibu? <laughs> no, I didn't. I had a Kia Spectra, uh, which I liked. It was a little silver, cute little Kia. It was fine. Like Kias are made fun of a lot, but it ran pretty well until I wanted to get rid of it. See, everybody, you just had that little smile on your face. I feel like everybody <laughs> has that little smile when they talk about their first car. Nobody really loves their first car, but like it's your first car. It's it's a big deal. I had a a light blue, like a Carolina blue Ford Taurus, the most like yeah. adult car of all time, like boring. Um, but you know what? Like I will never forget getting in that car the first time and going through the drive through. And it was like, I didn't have to ask anybody permission to go to the drive through like, or tell anybody I could just go. Yep. That was like a revelation for me. Yeah, just being able to drive, it was one of the best feelings. I can still remember it. Like when you finally, you learned how to drive, you got your driver's license, you have no one in the car, and you're just like, I could go anywhere right now. I could do anything. It feels so good. Do you remember the first place you ever drove by yourself? I really don't. It, it was probably like, you know, I was probably going to get food because I was a little fatty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to love me some Arby's mozzarella sticks. Ooh. So I wouldn't even be surprised if that was my first stop, honestly. Wow. Yeah, the food is probably, although the thing that sticks in my head is I drove to a high school dance and I thought I was like a big deal, right? <laughs> Who dropped? Oh, oh, did your parents drop you off? No, I drove. Like, I thought I was like, you know, king shit. Did you drive your girl? I, I didn't, didn't, have a, <laughs> didn't have a girl. Let's be honest, bud. No, no, I did not. Stag. I went stag. That so night. I just knocked you off that uh, that real high horse real fast. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a long stay for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Jimmy Garoppolo probably had no trouble with ladies back in the day or now, it seems like no. he is 12th on pro football Focus's list of the top quarterbacks. But. Even Pro Football Focus says in their little blurb about why he's 12th that he benefits greatly from all the yards after the catch that he gains. Yep. I mean, his stats say that he is a top 10 quarterback in the league since 2018 in completion percentage and passer rating and yards and especially quarterback wins if you want to, you know, account those wins to him and not the defense. But like you just said, and like I brought up last week, It's so much of it is his playmakers and Kyle Shanahan putting him in this perfect situation where his numbers look so great. I mean, if they're if he was as good as that, there would be no reason for the 49ers to give up three first round picks to draft Trey Lance or for Kyle Shanahan to say, hey, if Trey's good enough, he's going to start like that's why I feel like some of the statistics in football sometimes are so misleading 
because if you just look at the raw data, you're like, oh, yeah, this guy seems fine. But look at everything else that's happened around him. And clearly the 49ers are telling you it's not fine. I mean, as soon as the 49ers fall behind in games, their whole game plan is messed up because so much of it is those long drives and short passes and letting everyone else do the work instead of the quarterback, you know, opening things up. That's not a way to win, win deep into the playoffs. And I know we keep saying that in the one year Jimmy Garoppolo actually played the full season. He did make it to the Super Bowl. So I don't want to discount him for that. But it seemed like those playoffs, he didn't do a whole lot to get to the Super Bowl. Here's all you need to know. If Jimmy Garoppolo was the top 10 quarterback and the 49ers just decided, you know what? We don't want this cloud over the team about who's going to start and a split locker room with some guys wanting Jimmy and Trey. We're just going to cut Jimmy Garoppolo. Would there be a land rush from teams to go sign Jimmy Garoppolo? No. To me, there wouldn't be. Nobody's going to like dump their presumed starter like, is Washington going to be like, oh, we got to get rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick because we could bring in Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, no, they're not going to do that. So clearly he's not a top 10 quarterback or a top 12 quarterback like these rankings say. Yeah, I, I would not put him top 12. I do think there are some teams that would benefit from having him. Like right now, he would be an instant upgrade to the Broncos uh, quarterback situation. He's far better than Teddy Bridgewater and especially Drew Locke. And I do think like Washington should consider him over Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like Fitzpatrick in a full season role has never been very good. He will win you games, but he will also lose you a lot of games. And that's the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. He might not necessarily win you games, but he's not going to lose you games either. So totally two different quarterbacks there. I actually think Denver would be a great spot for him. I think they're a great landing spot for a quarterback. They have some really good receivers. Their defense is not horrible. Now, granted, you got to put up a lot of touchdowns because you're playing in a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. But if I was Jimmy Garoppolo, I would love it if I ended up in Denver. You could end up in a lot worse places than the Denver Broncos for sure. Oh, that would be a fantastic landing spot for him. It would almost be better for him to be cut this year so he can go somewhere else that he will actually get to be the starter without looking over his back the entire time saying if I have a bad game this rookie's going to take my place and even if I have good games like this rookie has to take my place at some point because they gave up so much for him if I was him I would just want to go to a different team I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility still if Aaron Rodgers still refuses to play like if he says I don't want to play and the Packers say tough nuggets we're not we're not getting rid of you play for us or don't play at all. I still think we could see a Garoppolo trade and Denver would still need a quarterback at that point. If Trey Lance comes out in training camp and preseason and he's killing it, I don't think that's out of the question at all. Even though we did talk about last episode, the one of the biggest areas of strength right now is they have so many injury issues. If one of these quarterbacks were to go down, they have a good second option. If you trade Jimmy Garoppolo or you cut him, now it's Trey Lance. And if he gets hurt, there's no one, no one else. You don't even have Nick Mullins anymore. Thank God we don't have Nick <laughs> Mullins anymore. They did a, like a basically a quarterback swap with the Eagles. Nick Mullins is now in Philly and the Niners have Nate Sudfeld, who I didn't realize Michelle is 6'6". He's a monster. He seems like a short little dude. Like when you think of Nate Sudfeld. (laughs) I did not know he was 6'6". I always pictured him this little small guy. When he comes on the field, he does not look tall. It's hard to make yourself look short when you're 6'6". But you're right. Like I've seen Nate Sudfeld play and I I don't remember thinking like this is a giant human being, but he is. I mean, I don't know how many other quarterbacks in the league are that tall. 
That's like Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton height. He does not look that tall. That's crazy. Yeah, well, Cam Newton is nobody looks like Cam Newton. That dude is a mutant out on the field. Yeah, but yeah, so Jimmy Garoppolo, 12. Uh, some people saw that. A lot of the Jimmy stands on Twitter were all fired up about it. So I just wanted to make sure we mentioned it because I, you know, it's insane to me that people it's so funny we see one thing that confirms what we think and we're just like we're screaming to the heaven hi see i was right all along it's like no you still weren't yeah and i i think they had some quarterbacks over like trevor lawrence and the i i think they're just worried right now to rank uh, rookie quarterbacks higher because in their first season they normally are a little rough Justin Herbert was uh, just wild. Like we're all expecting there to be a Justin Herbert this year. It doesn't always happen. It takes time, but Justin Fields will be Justin Herbert. Uh, right. So, so you're telling everyone <laughs> it takes time, except Justin Fields is going to do it this year. Is, yeah. That's your main point. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, Kyle Shanahan in that conversation with Tim Kawakami, I thought had a really interesting quote about quarterbacks. Um, Cause he talked about how he thought it was funny that everybody thinks that he had zeroed in like his quarterback type was Kirk Cousins. And this is a quote that he said. It's a little long, but I want to read it because I thought it was interesting. He talked about how he's always been interested with running quarterbacks. And he said, I've always been intrigued with that element of the game. I've really only had to do it one year in my career when I had Robert Griffin III in Washington. I did get to learn a lot about how much easier defenses are to go in those two years that I had Robert compared to every other year. Now, you've got to be able to grow. You've got to be able to do a lot of stuff. That's what's cool about this process of up, us moving up so much. I got a chance to really get to know all these quarterbacks and to just see the type of person Trey was and everything. That, to me, is a really interesting quote for a couple of reasons. One, to me, it says that Kyle Shanahan is interested in Trey Lance's running only because it makes things easier as a passer. And two, he kind of throws a little shade at RG3 there by saying when he says you've got to be able to grow because mm-hmm. RG3 famously did not want to do that in Washington. He literally held a meeting with the Shanahan's and said, here are the plays I don't want to run anymore. So he had his own ideas about you know his career. And I think that that's what kind of what Kyle was hinting at then when he was saying like, you've got to be able to grow. So I think Kyle looks at Trey and is like, we could run him and have all those advantages I talked about. And he's not going to be an asshole basically yeah and there's so much room for growth that's what we talked about here Trey Lance is raw but you can see that he has all of the tools that he needs if he actually truly um you know wants to work out at it and be open-minded and like you said like not be like RG3 like I do think everything is there for him to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league be like super just dynamic the way that Lamar Jackson is where Defenses, yes, by the time you get to the end of the year, they kind of figure him out and there's certain ways to stop him. But throughout the season, it's defenses look like they're completely confused out there when they're trying to figure out, is Lamar Jackson keeping this ball or is he handing it off to a running back? Are they passing it? Like teams have no idea. And you can say like, there's so many times I'm watching Ravens games and clearly I'm rooting against them. I'm a Steelers fan. It'll be third and one. I'm like, Lamar Jackson's going to keep it and run up the middle guys, like be prepared. And if I know it, they have to know it. Right. And every time he keeps the ball runs up the middle and he gets the first down. And I don't understand how, but when you have these quarterbacks like, this and I think Trey Lance has that same ability that Lamar Jackson does when he's running the ball he's truly special I I think it's going to open up the offense so much 
uh, and I think Kyle Shanahan is right. Like it just, it creates a whole different uh, option for you when you're trying to run your offense in any given week. No, you're right. Because especially with Lamar, even if you guess right and you're like, okay, he's keeping it and we've got a defensive end there and he's right there with Lamar. Well, you still have to tackle him. Yep. And the guy is like, a, he's like a fish out there. He's so slippery. It's impossible one-on-one almost to bring him down. So especially in short yardage, he's going to be able to get the job done most of the time. And that's to me, the thing I'm most excited to see is Kyle use that mobility and that running ability in those third and short and specifically fourth and short situations because Kyle is way too conservative in those in those spots, way too conservative. So I hope that he, he feels more confident, that they go for it more, that they keep Mitch Wisnowski off the damn field <laughs> and keep these drives going. And I think that that is like, to me, one of the things I'm most excited to see when it comes to Trey and the running. And I think that will happen. It's so much harder for defenses. With Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're in third and six, it's like, okay, they're going to throw the ball. And that's how it is for a lot of these quarterbacks. Like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he's not running it up the middle or taking it himself. With Trey Lance, there's so many options now. It's like they could use one of their other weapons as a as a running attack. They can use a running back. They can use Trey Lance. Or he can pretend to run off of play action and, you know, do the thing through the air with George Kittle wide open. There's so many options now. I, I could see a formation where Trey's in the shotgun and you have like, you could put Debo back in the backfield. You could have a fake to Debo in the backfield. You could have IU coming around the edge on a jet sweep <laughs> and do like a triple option kind of a thing. And it's just going to be like, good luck. Like yeah. good luck stopping that. And and so I hope that Kyle's like the wheels in Kyle's brain are turning for that type of stuff, because I think that that could be a significant change to the offense and a real way for this offense to evolve into something that at least, like you said, for the early part of the season could really catch defenses off guard. Yeah, and I hope they don't try to make Trey Lance a pocket passer where he's just standing back there. Like, that would be the worst thing. But I I think Kyle Shanahan is far too smart enough to make him do that. There are spots that Trey Lance could have landed where he had a terrible career because the coaching staff didn't make the offense what they need to to make Lance great. Shanahan is good enough to, you know, make him a star. And I'm excited to see it. And I hope we don't have to wait a whole season to do so. I don't think we will. I think it's going to come sooner rather than later. I think it's going to be Trey week one. As long as he doesn't completely bomb in the preseason, I think it's going to be Trey. I'm still not convinced that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the team. That's why I'm like really following this Aaron Rodgers thing super close because I feel like Denver wants to make a move. I I don't think that they're settled on Trey, uh, on Drew Locke at all, and I don't think they should be. So that's why like we really want to get some resolution to this to this Aaron Rodgers thing quickly so that if Denver is open to making a move, we could ship Jimmy right out of town. And I think that would be really smart because it would be, you can't run the same offense with these two quarterbacks. So what are you going to do in training camp? You would think you want to start running the offense that you're going to run with Trey Lance to get everyone gelled and know what they're doing. And practice is extremely important. But if Jimmy Garoppolo is still there, it's like, what offense are you running during training camp? That becomes way more confusing. I hadn't thought of that, but that is a good point. There's so many more things you can do with Trey. You want this guy taking as many reps as possible. Like what must be done eventually must be done immediately. 
Let's yep. get rid of Jimmy and let's just go all in here. You've already pushed your chips into the middle of the table. It's no time to get shy now. Still a lot more to do in this episode, but when we come back, Mike McGlinchey gave an interview with KMBR and he said a lot of interesting comments about what happened to him last year and how the COVID protocols really took a bad situation and made it worse. And I think that something that he said applies to this year with not just the 49ers, but every team in the league. So we'll talk about that when we come back. We're back here on Stats and Mags, and we're going to talk about an interview that Mike McGlinchey gave on KMBR that I thought was really, really interesting. You know, we're all familiar with McGlinchey and how he was very defiant last year and and criticized people for the, the... videos of him getting blown up by defensive backs on Twitter. And he did not appreciate the criticism. Uh, And at the time, you know, he put out that still here tweet and it became a running joke. And, but in this interview with KMBR, he talked a lot about how because of the quarantine procedures with COVID that he was isolated and he was struggling and not feeling good about himself. And there was nothing else to do. And so he started looking on social media and reading some of his mentions. And Michelle, you know, obviously you run a website. (sighs) Reading the comments is a dangerous, dangerous thing to do. Oh, it's so dangerous. And not even just for people commenting on your own content, like that's annoying enough, but you'll see a tweet about something and not, it could be about sports or not about sports, politics, whatever. And you read the comments. I don't know why. Like you go to the comments and you know they're going to upset you. And you see so many people <laughs> say really like things that you just don't agree with whatsoever. And it frustrates you. And, you know, trying to have a conversation with those people is the absolute worst thing you can do. You're not going to change their mind. It's going to upset your mood. And I've gotten, you know, I have to tell myself this all the time. I've started muting words so I don't see these conversations because they can affect you. Like, especially like you just brought up during COVID and during the pandemic, you're stuck inside. So many people went through depression. Um, I know I had issues as well. So I totally get where he's coming from um, in this interview. And I do wish players would stop searching their name on Twitter. It, it yes. does. It's never going to be a good thing. <laughs> More often than not, even the great players, yeah. people are going to nitpick. Uh, McGlinchey said, I let it affect me in a bad way. And that's something that should never have happened. He said, unfortunately, when things are shut down and you're not allowed to hang out with your teammates, you're not allowed to see anybody outside of your house or even your hotel room when we get moved to Arizona, you spend a lot of time on your phone. I went down a bad rabbit hole and certain things that I let in my head and that I let bother me that shouldn't have happened and it'll never happen again. And I think that he's right. Like because of that isolation, he's not able to hang out with, you know, Trent Williams or Anybody at Lake and Tomlinson, anybody else in that offensive line who can say, hey, man, don't worry about that crap. Let's work on this, you know, after practice. Let's do this or don't worry about that. Let's go out tonight. We'll have a good time. You'll forget about it. Like you, you didn't have that camaraderie and that emotional support from your teammates. And that's a big deal for some guys more than others, but it's a big deal. And so when I said I think it could affect this year, I think it can because – Only two teams right now are over the 85% threshold when it comes to vaccinations. So a lot of those same restrictions are going to be in place for most of these teams. And I think it's going to be a really big tactical advantage if you have reached that threshold for vaccinations because you're going to have all that camaraderie and other teams won't. And so I'm fascinated, Michelle, because I think 
that when you at the end of the year, when you go back and look at the playoff teams, I'm willing to bet that most of them are going to be the teams that reach that threshold or very, very close to it. Do we know the two teams? Do you know yeah. who they are? The Saints and the Dolphins, according to Pro Football Talk. Okay. Do we know where, like, the percentage of the other teams, or is it just we'll know once we hit 85? Yeah, I don't know, like, how far ahead of everyone else they are or any other information more than that, really. But I, I think that, like, McGlinchey flat out said, like, he got in a dark place and he couldn't dig his way out of it because of some of the restrictions. And yeah. I'm just wondering, like, are the 49ers – close to that do they think they're going to get over to that and I think a big part of the coaches and the team's jobs this year is trying to nudge the players who haven't gotten vaccinated because at this point I feel like everyone that wants to get vaccinated has gotten it already Mm -hmm. so you got to figure out how do you get that last group of players over the goal line and convince them that it's something they should do because I'm sure all the coaches want to you know lift the restrictions because it makes their job easier too. Yeah, and it's, I know a lot of these players are saying, I'm super young, I'm healthy, I don't need the vaccine, like, I don't know what it's going to do to me. I get being worried, kind of, I I mean, I don't get it, but I'm trying to be open-minded about being worried about the vaccine going into your body. But you saw, like, they have a uh, an elite player in this league, Miles Garrett, last year, get COVID and discuss how much it destroyed his body and how he couldn't get back in the game for months. And, you know, he was super weak out there. It's like, you've seen, and like, it's not like Miles Garrett's out of shape. Like he's, <laughs> one of, he's one of the most beastly athletes we have in the NFL. And it affected him so much. And thinking if you get it, it's not going to affect you. Maybe it won't. Right. But you also don't know the long-term effects of COVID either. So just like we don't know the long-term effects of the vaccine, you don't know the long-term effects of getting COVID it seems I, I don't understand not getting it, but teach their own, I guess. Uh, I, I do hope these teams hit that 85% though, and we can start seeing uh, this team building aspect of the game come back to life. It's it's a significant thing. I mean, not only Miles Garrett, like you mentioned, Von Miller, Cam Newton. Like there are plenty of players that you can, Cam has, has talked about how he felt like yeah. he just never could get back. Kind of the same thing Miles was saying. You, you just not the same. It takes time, even for world-class athletes. And I, yeah, I don't understand it either, but you would think that between the experts that these teams are bringing in and okay, you don't want to listen to the experts, whatever. A lot of times players will listen to other players. Like they have both available to them. I, I hope that for the 49ers sake that they can find a way to get over the edge. And if you're a player at the bottom of the roster, Michelle, and you're fighting for a job, they're not supposed to do this. <laughs> but let's be honest. Yeah. Vaccination status could be a factor, right? Like Sean McDermott from the Bills literally said that, but then he got in trouble. So he had to take it back. But he already has it in his head, right? So he can take it back and be like, oh, you know, I'm we're not going to do that or the league can say you're not allowed to do that but it's still a thing you 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 could just say we don't want this player and you're cutting them for other reasons you're not going to use the COVID excuse but I mean I would think if this player is not likely to see the field and they're hurting you in other ways where you can't you know have team meetings in person like yeah why would you keep them around you have to make the decision based on something, right? You're splitting hairs at that point. It's the bottom of your roster. If you think that vaccination status is not going to be one of the things that makes that decision, I think you're naive and you're crazy. Yeah. I think the only people who don't have to worry about it are the superstars in in a way of like getting cut for that. 
Uh, but you would also like what's going to happen in season when players are being tested and they've come in contact with COVID and they haven't had the vaccine, they're going to have to miss games. And it's going to be like last year and there's going to be a lot of backlash from it. A from just, you know, fans, which players might not care, but you're also letting down your teammates. And if your teammates got vaccinated and you didn't, and then you're creating this whole issue with games and you're missing games, like that might start a whole issue inside the locker room as well. That's a good point. Like you're going to have that internal struggle, especially depending on the position you play. Like I know that Zach Wilson recently declined to say whether or not he got the vaccine. I mean, if you're a quarterback and you don't get the vaccine and you have to conduct the season under those conditions, that's going to make it extremely hard for your offense. Like it's hard enough in the NFL as it is. Now you're adding, like you're playing the game on a tougher difficulty level, basically. Uh, it's why I mean, you can't have meals with your team. You got to have the mask on. If you are seen at a club or a bar, you could be fined $50,000. You can't take a, a steam with your teammates. You can't use the sauna. Like it is, it is a horrible, like it sounds like a horrible way to go through a season, not to mention getting tested every single day. Whereas vaccinated players only have to get tested once every two weeks, which is basically like 11 tests a year. It is a significantly different experience going through the season, whether you're vaccinated or not. And these players who refuse to get the vaccination, they better not be taking any random medicines to help with their pain throughout the season. Like if you're acting like that's any better than taking that vaccine, like you're either scared of stuff going in your body or not. (laughs) That's really what it comes down to. If you'll put other stuff in your body, then you're just being a hypocrite. Right. Like, I mean, these painkillers that these players take and the massive amounts of painkillers that these guys take, you know, if you're worried about the effects down the line, well, guess what? All that stuff has effects on steroids that, you know, a lot of these guys have definitely done right now or in the past. I don't. Yeah, I, I muted the word vaccination and vaccine for a reason, because it gets me very upset inside. All right, well, let's move off that. The last thing I want to mention before we go is I have seen the list of the top 25 players under 25. PFF had their list. Fred Warner was number one of all the players in the league under 25, the best player. And I'd like to say I disagree, but let's be honest. Fred Warner is a monster. He's so good. And you got to love to have a linebacker who's great in coverage because that's such a hard person to find. You can find pass rushers. like It seems like they come along a lot. You, you can just find more of them in the NFL, but actually finding a linebacker who can cover and stop the opposing tight ends or running backs, like that's so hard to find. And the 49ers have a gem there with Fred Water. Yes, he is incredible. He has a 90.4 coverage grade from PFF since coming into the league in 2018. He's a linebacker. He's not a defensive back, and he has that high of a grade. That is awesome. It is awesome for the 49ers that they have two players in the top five on this list because Nick Bosa was number four on the top 25 players under 25, and that's missing basically all of last year. He had 80 pressures his rookie year. I mean, God, let him be healthy because those two guys, when you have two all pros at different levels of your defense, that's how you create these incredible units that we've seen throughout the league's history. 
A hundred percent. Yeah, he had a higher coverage grade than uh, Xavier Howard from the Dolphins last year, who was considered possibly a defensive player of the year. Uh, when you're looking at the next linebacker who has close or the next closest coverage grade, it's Roquan Smith of the Bears at 84. That's, Which is really good, too. That's a seven-point gap because Fred Warner was at 91.1 coverage grade last year. Seven-point gap there from number one to second. Pretty wild. And that's why I feel like the 49ers defense, even though they you know, may they have some questions when it comes to guys and whether or not they could stay healthy, if they could all be on the field, they could be even better than the top five unit we saw last year because Bosa is going to be able to rush the passer. That should make it easier for Armstead to be able to rush the passer, which should make it easier for Kinlaw to be able to rush the pass. Like there's like a domino effect there where they could be really, really, really good. Who do you think wins in practice more often, George Kittle or Fred Warner? Oh, I, I think probably Fred. George Kittle's not the best route runner. Like he's really good after the catch, uh, but in terms of actually getting open, I think he benefits a lot from Kyle Shanahan's play calling. So if I had to pick, I I would give Warner the benefit of the doubt there. It's probably a great practice person to have. Like if you can stop George Kittle, then you can pretty much stop anyone, right? Over the middle. Well, and Trent Williams has said the same thing about Nick Bosa. He's like, hey, I get to go up against Nick Bosa every day in practice, and that makes me better. And, and the same thing obviously goes for Bosa against Trent Williams. Like, there are a lot of really good stars on this team where they will make each other better. I'm really, really excited for this season to watch the 49ers, like, very close. You know, I always keep an eye on all of these teams, and I have on the red zone, so I, I see each team playing each week, but... The 49ers this year, obviously, I'll be watching the games much closer. I'm so excited because you do have so many stars and it should all come together. I hope it does. See, there's a difference like, and you know this as a Steeler fan, there are a lot of years with the Steelers where you're you're coming into the season and you know the Steelers are going to be really, really good. And Mm -hmm. those are are very fun years and should not, I'm not dismissing them in any way, but it's a different kind of year when you have a team that could go either way and and everything kind of comes together, I think of the 49ers in 2011. Like Jim Harbaugh comes in, it's a lockout year, and all of a sudden they just start winning games and you're like, is this really happening? Like, could this continue? And you keep winning and it's such a fun season. And I'm not saying that that's better than a season where you come in and you're expected to win games and you do, but it is different. And this is one of those seasons for the 49ers. They could be 6-11, uh, and 11. They could be 11 and six, like the massive swing there of what they can be is going to make the season fun. Yeah. And I do on one of these episodes coming up, I want to go through the schedule and I want to see where we're at with these teams. Like I want to go game by game, see both of our records and see where we actually believe like being realistic too. I don't want to just give them wins to give them wins. I want to be super realistic, see where we think they'll be. And maybe we'll have to have some bet on the line or something to see who's closest. I like that. You know, we did uh, yesterday on the show, we did uh, like a 49ers roundtable of worst 49er takes of all time, which was (laughs) good and terrible. Um, But then we gave like a bold prediction at the end of the show for this coming season. And Rich Madrid of Niners Nation said he doesn't think the team is going to be that good. He doesn't like that the injury histories of a lot of the guys. He doesn't like that a lot of the guys, especially on defense, are on one-year deals. He was kind of a wet blanket there and and did not predict good things this year for the Niners. 
Wah, wah. It's June. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what I said. If you can't be positive in June, then you never can be. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I, I, everything he said, like, I could see the logical basis for it, but I was just like, damn, man, we just spent an, an hour talking about all the terrible, horrible things we thought about the 49ers that went wrong. And now he's coming out with that. So uh, I hope that Rich is wrong, even though I love Rich and, and I don't want him to come at me at Twitter because he is a savage on Twitter. But hopefully <laughs> you and I will have better predictions. Maybe we'll do that next week with the uh, with the schedule. Yeah, we should do that. Think about what you want to put on the line. What are you willing to lose? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Ooh, we're going to have to come up with something good. Something embarrassing for the other person. I like embarrassing people, I think. I'm down for that. I have no pride. That's fine. It's hard <laughs> when we're not in the same state to pay this kind of thing off. I know. Maybe in a year from now, you know, we can find a time to meet up and do pay off our bet. I would be down for that. I don't know. You're in Pittsburgh, right? Or I am, but I'll be in Houston by the time we get to next year. That's right. I forgot it. See, I was going to say I can take the train and come to where you are. And then like you can, you know, I don't know. Have me walk down the street while you yell shame behind me or something like that. <laughs> it's we'll going to be better that. than that. All right. Well, okay. So you're shooting down ideas already. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. We remind you, rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. You'll get this show. You'll get all our show. Stats and Eggs is going to be starting up again soon. The daily 49ers update for you, so you don't want to miss that. Michelle, thank you very much, everybody. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.